Yo, what is cracking? Welcome to another episode of the A-Line Podcast, the ultimate XC mountain biking podcast, bringing you the A-Line from the races, support staff, industry figures, and more. Whether you race short track, XCO, or XC marathon, this is the place to be. Race season is coming in hot here in the UK. Winter is starting to wrap up and the nationals are looming and a lot of the regional dates have now been announced. I'm massively excited to get between the tapes again. I think I'm going to be towing the line at the winter wake-up in Newnham Park in Plymouth in February. I think that's like the 18th of February, so I'm buzzing for that. But yeah, it's come around quick, hasn't it? All that winter training hopefully paying off and hopefully you're feeling sharp and ready to go racing soon as the weather improves. Don't forget, this is your show. So if you want to send in listener questions, hit me up. Do that via Instagram. That's the easiest way to just DM the A-Line podcast account or my personal DM, Ashley Delotts. We actually have two listener questions this week. One is from Instagram, but one is just a question I've actually been asked twice in the same week. So first off, we have a listener question who says, you recently mentioned spending time traveling in your van. Do you travel slash sleep at races? This is never mentioned when booking a race, but I always arrive and find a few vans. Do you need to book or risk it and just turn up? Can we chat about all things van life and XC racing? So there's a bit to this, but basically the crux is, Yes, I travel and sleep at races. It's a great way to take the stress off of race day, especially if you're there for nationals. It means a lot less driving and things, which is good. You've also got like a repeatable place to sleep. You don't have to worry about checking in out of hotels, muddy bikes, that sort of stuff. Always check with the event organiser. Normally, it's listed on um, the entry page on British Cycling or the race organiser's website if it's not an affiliated event. If there's like any questions, then obviously just email the event organiser. That's the best port of call. Um, sometimes they may not advertise it, but if it's one or two vans, they're absolutely fine. Um, other cases, you've got to like book, even if you're not paying, you still have to book just so they can manage the numbers and things. So yeah, generally it's, it's mentioned. If it's not mentioned, just email and check. And if it's a no, then there's loads of options and there's local campsites and things, or you can treat yourself to a night in a hotel perhaps instead of the van. But yeah, my wife and I and the dog really love going away in the van. Um, yeah, it's part of the fun of racing, isn't it? it you're on site a bit more to so get a bit more of that vibe and things. Obviously, it's not as fun when it's wet and miserable and muddy. But yeah, it is. it adds to the weekend experience. So yeah, I'd really recommend traveling in your van. It makes it a lot more cost effective as well. So yeah, that is like spending time traveling in your van and getting up to races. You can also help manage your day but if you get there like before even you get there late you get a bit of sleep and then you can get up and you've got that race day routine rather than say traveling three hours in the morning and then having to drive home again to go it's a long old day otherwise isn't it you don't want to be driving tired at the end of the day do you yeah so question two i thought this was worth mentioning because it's come up twice in one week um it's actually to do with people realizing that it's better to have your feet flat when cornering so your your pedals at like three and nine o'clock instead of at 12 and six because a lot of traditional wisdom was to drop your outside foot and get all your weight on the outside pedal that is what you don't want to do because it puts the bike off balance it means you can't absorb any impacts and things and it means you can't rotate your hips very well so we want to keep our pedals flat and quite like rightly people are then like oh well if i turn left i want to change which foot i have forward now because it riding a bike is much like say surfing skateboarding you always have a preferred foot at the front and you don't um, when you're surfing or skateboarding you don't change the way you stand depending on if you're turning right or left you're, you're fixed in one position and it's exactly the same for mountain biking you can mix up which foot you have forward if you want to just mess around with your mates on the trails but if you're if when you say hit jumps and things you always have your left foot forward then that is the foot you always want at the front when descending when cornering when doing all this sort of stuff um yeah because just like board sports you will have a preferred way to turn it like you may be slightly better turning right because you have your left foot forward but there's not much of a gain to be had by being able to switch it up because even if you practice it a lot, you'll never be truly ambidextrous in doing it. Um, so yeah, just focus on which foot feels right and get that locked in, get those pedals nice and flat, get that body position nice and strong so you can really drive the bike through the turn and generate more grip. So yeah, that was a really cool question that came up that I thought some of you might benefit hearing from. If you have any further questions, of course, like I said earlier, just drop me a message and look forward to answering on next week's show. Now then, this week's guest is Jack from Crank It Cycling, who is back for more. We get a rad update on how 2023 went, 
from the perspective of someone running a race series as well as working at home world champs jack's also got some big plans for 2024 including racing overseas adding a new twist to the race weekend in the uk events to help draw more people into the sport and create opportunities for those already in it i've done some of jack's events in the past and they are absolutely banging so it's well worth checking them out especially as he creates this more of a weekend vibe so it's really good for the whole family there are links in the show notes if you want to enter an event or get in touch with Jack himself. So, yeah, it's a really good chat. Even though we've had him on before, it's great to hear how he's evolving and doing new things through this turbulent time in the cycling industry. So without further ado, let's chat to Jack. Hi, Jack. Welcome back to the A-Line podcast. It's awesome to have you back for round two and to catch up on how you've been. So for the first time listeners that maybe haven't gone through the back catalogue, do you want to introduce yourself and say who you are and why you're here? Yeah, okay. Hi, Ash. Thanks for having us back. Um, I'm Jack. I'm from Crankit Cycling and we organise events. We do some coaching, do a bit of racing, all, all sorts of stuff based in cycling. Awesome, awesome. And the reason we got you back is because we had a good chat last year. Um, it's really cool to hear from someone in the events and coaching space. Um, so we should have a bit of a catch up on how the year went because a lot has changed and all the exciting things that Crankit's got lined up for 2024, basically, because it's coming in quick, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's faster than you think. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you want to ask or do you want me to just, just say? No, well, before we get started, we'll take your virtual coffee order, just in case anything's changed. People's palates refine over time, don't they? So <laughs> what are you saying? We're out for a spin. You're getting some coffee and a snack. What are you having? Okay, well, I'm going to change it from last time because it's slightly sunny outside. So I reckon a freshly baked chocolate croissant or pan au chocolat, like two of them maybe. Then fresh orange juice, something nice and sweet because it's warm. Cool. And then I think I'd still though even I'd like to be by like a roasting fire. Do you know what I mean? You know when you go into ones that have got a log burning fire, something like that, so that you're actually yeah, yeah. almost too warm. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. No, that that's that's a good order. Last time you went down, like didn't you go down the chip route or something like that last time? Yeah, like yeah, I'd be yeah. massive cake and chips and fried eggs and stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah, I'm on a diet this year. <laughs> amazing, awesome. Well, now we've got that sorted. Yeah, I guess we'll. We'll pick up with how 2023 went because we kind of spoke about the early season point, didn't we? I think it was May time we spoke. Um, so yeah, what? How did 2023 go? Because we had a home world champs, we had all sorts going on, didn't we? Yeah, 2023 was great actually. I think in terms of the events, I hit a lot of the goals that I aimed for. We had more consistently see with the numbers. Marketing was good. I tried out a bunch of different formats, full weekender type formatting. Um, I, it was on one of the most enjoyable seasons I've done. Actually, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then we managed to finish off where we went to went to the worlds. Um, did a bit of international racing, a bit of coaching. So yeah, really exciting season it was. Yeah, that sounds really good. How was it working at a home world champs? And that's a once in a lifetime sort of opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, crazy. Because I've done a, a few world champs over the last few years, and the probably the biggest difference is you walk around and you hear what people are saying. It's not like in a okay. different language where and then you maybe even know the people. So you bump in someone, Hey, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. So that, that was really, really cool to be able to see the home crowd that you see around in like nationals and stuff, but you've got the best in the world there. You've got the full setup and everything. It was, that was pretty special. Definitely. No, that, that sounds, that sounds good. And you, you got involved with the cross country world chance, didn't you? Did you do get the opportunity to go to any of the other things in Scotland as well, or was it purely cross-country you were focused on? No, it was just there. We were there for two weeks, uh, and it was one of the hardest two weeks of uh, on a race <laughs> trip I've done. Like I think when we finished, I, I remember sitting down and just like almost passed out, just stared at a wall because all the just the the work and the stress and the pressure just gone. It was like, oh, but no, it was pretty good. Nice, nice. So most people obviously think of world champs, they just think of the race, don't they? But what? What does it entail for you over a two-week period? So that's obviously a lot longer than just a 90-minute race, isn't it? Yeah, okay. So it was kind of like a week of two, a fortnight of two weeks. So the first week, me and Ben, the other staff member, we were just driving to the airport and back for pretty much for a week, yeah, like till early hours in the morning, ferrying riders here, making sure everything's set up to get the team area. Like we were a bit cheeky. We managed to get a bigger spot than we should have done and, <laughs> all, all sorts of stuff like that and then actually strangely for us it actually got easier as the racing went on because 
everything was then set up. It was a bit like do practice, come back, sit down, check this thing, do that, do that. And time in motion was actually a lot less towards the second half of the week where we were in race mode. But that at that point, the pressure builds. So it kind of like it swaps workload for pressure and it was just mission mode you know get everything needs to be 100 percent packed we need to get there at this time we need to move that today and that to that to that to there and also you can't show anybody that you've got to go in with a calm face so it's yeah i think that answers the question it's just a big exciting adventure slash mission really definitely definitely and then it sounds like hard work but very rewarding are there any particular highs that came out of world champs in terms of moments or achievements things like that yeah, I think watching uh, Tom win. Uh, yeah. I think. In fact, what Char- Charlie and Tom, because we were in the pit lane, which is the opposite side to where most of the crowd was. So first we were able to watch them come through, but also seeing how many people, how loud they were cheering. It was like, I had a similar experience in, I think it was Italy for the World Champs the previous year, but this year was just being the home crowd being everyone people seeing people at the side they know and having a british rider win that was really great yeah yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't get much better than that does it home world champs yeah home rider winning and yes it was electric there definitely it was a great great day yeah definitely um really good but no that sounds like it was um busy but very fun but that's not all you got up to last year was it there was some international trips and things as well you uh, were definitely a busy chap <laughs> yeah so well it was kind of after the uk event season was when we started doing international stuff and we ended up going to turkey and greece i actually i tried to drive to turkey didn't quite wow. make that i got got about halfway and then the van broke down so we had to, oh, no. yeah we had to fly the rest of the way fly back to the van then drove it to greece did some more racing there and then well, actually, the van is still in Greece, so it broke, oh. it broke down again. But yeah, we've just done a bunch of bunch of races, UCI races, C ones and things, and and yeah, it was great. Nice and like obviously, most people in the UK will associate you with the the crank it side of things and putting on events. So, what are you, what support are you giving to people when you go out to those sort of events and working with various teams, etc.? So, the, that kind of element of crank it is more of a new one that I'm trying to develop and it's essentially we are a service provider for individual riders race teams federations whoever it be which is what, what we've been doing in Greece this year um, where we'll provide the mechanics the swannies the management the organization transfers and everything that you as a rider or a team need we, we can provide that there for you we've got team area equipment etc so that's just a newer element that we're trying to build wow that's really exciting and are you are you focus in certain markets like say the elite men or are you working on juniors or elite women like where are you or everyone well yeah everyone really i think in terms of our side of setup and putting things in place it doesn't really make a difference whether it's some juniors or some elite male female it, it's not a huge difference really so yeah we, we will cater for everybody yeah no that's really that's a good idea because it I guess it's it simplifies the problem for the bigger teams, doesn't it? But then also say like if there's a few privateers that want to chip in and get some support rather than relying on family or friends to fly out with them, they can go that way. Yeah, exactly. And so that that was the whole concept of it is that, for, for example, the, the races we're doing in Greece with Alta Bike Tours, we're the official service provider for this year. So mm-hmm. you as an individual coming, you can either pay a bunch of money or fly a family member out and get some some okay support. Or you can work with us and you get the support of a big team, but without the big team budget or cost rather. So because yeah. we can then put all these individuals together or these two small teams or this one full team and, and it, it's almost modular at that stage. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 a ben- it's the benefit of uh, scalability for people really. Yeah, that's it's a really good idea. And it's like a bit of a stepping stone because there is quite a, a leap between the privateer side and like the, some of the full factory teams as you get into the mm. higher races like the HC and C1 and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's not easy. I think Chris Dawson came on. It was oh, it was last year, and he said he's obviously doing it as a privateer, and it's quite a challenge. So uh, no, it's, it's cool to know there's this option out there, as uh, maybe not everyone realizes that. So yeah, that's um, that's really good. And you've mentioned about some plans for 2024. Can you can you say anything more about what you've got lined up? Yeah. So um. 2024 we're planning on being so it's Alta bike tours is the race in, in greece they have two locations in one an island just off athens and then one 
near like Sparta from the film. This is Sparta. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can actually go and see the original city. Like it's sort of still there. Well, it's a That's bit, cool. it's a bit worn down, but it's there. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's two sets of races. We'll be there in end of February, start of March, and then again in towards October time. Mm-hmm. And uh, each nice. yeah, each week's usually got about three or four races in, so there's plenty to go at. Yeah, and then it, how how is like the UK side of Crankit looking in terms of your series and your events? Have you got anything new going on there? Yeah, that's that is the most exciting part of the year for me actually. Um, we're doing the full. We, we experimented a bit with the weekend format last year, so we tried a lot of different stuff out on a Saturday, and um, we've ended up the. The format we've got this year, we've got two new kind of f- products, let's say, going in. So we've got e-bike racing on the Saturday afternoon, evening, and then we've got some stage racing, which we tried last year. So yeah, essentially, uh, Saturday's going to look like the free coaching in the morning, get the community mm-hmm. together, do some bit what whatnot, bits and bobs. Then go into the afternoon, we've got certain stages. So most of them will be parts and descents of the cross-country course. Some of them are completely separate, we've added in. And a bit of a mashup format, you can go around, have a few runs. Once timing's live, you got timed runs, but you can attempt each one more than once. You don't have to do it in order. We take the fastest times and that's that's the overall result. Um, nice. Following that, we've got the XC courses back open again, and it's just for EMTB bikes, and it's oh. uh, it's a sportive efficiently because that's what it ha- that's what it has to be. But there's okay. a there's a start line, mass start. Yep. There's a finish line, and yeah, it's not it's not a race though. Okay, it's not a race. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's that. So I think for me, what what it does for the the events is it really opens it up to a whole lot more people. So as an example, uh, my friends are coming uh, to the yeah. e-bike one, which they would never do an XC race. They're not fit enough. They're not that way inclined, but they're more than happy and excited to come and do this blast round on an e-bike. Nice. So yeah, I guess like an e-bike uh, challenge almost or something like that, I guess. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's what we yeah. called it. It's a good way to sell it to people that maybe don't want to see it as a race, even though it is sort of a race. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But I guess you go into it however you want, really, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. And then for the stage racing side of things, you mentioned a lot of it is like the XC course, but then there's some bonuses. Is it, are people going to need like full enduro bikes or trail bikes or can they still do it all on their cross country bike or? So you can bring, you can bring your full source. We had that, we had a few guys doing that last year. We had the full face helmets, mm-hmm. we had the pads okay. and baggies, but you, because it is, still based around the XC course you can still do it on your XC bike with your standard helmet what the yeah. what we end up doing is we really put an effort in crank it doing abc lines or multiple choice lines so that if you're super fast super techy you can hit that a line gain some time but if you don't want to you don't have to so it makes it a lot yeah. more inclusive this i would say this isn't a full enduro this is not that yeah. kind of level this is um it's an XC enduro essentially but it's not an enduro because you know it's not an enduro <laughs> It's a stage. Yeah. It's a stage race, wink, wink. <laughs> okay, no, that that makes that makes perfect sense, and it's it's good and potentially a bit of a segue for people that are XC orientated to try something different without going out and getting a full enduro setup, which is obviously a lot of money and a commitment and stuff, isn't it? So for sure, yeah. Um, but I would say you, you get the benefit, and I think one of the key things for me is you can go around with your friends and you chill up the hill, you have a laugh at yeah. each other on, you smash it down the descent, get that excitement and thrill, but it just takes the physical necessity out of it and, and maximizes the enjoyment and the social side which i think is key yeah totally like i did the back end of last season after xe was done i just did enduro basically to while the summer was still going the weather was mm. good and it was great it's some of the best racing i've done because you just like you say you just ride up even if you haven't got any mates there you chat to people around you and then it's like, oh i've got to drop in now and off you go do your race run have a laugh at the bottom then ride up and do the next stage it's just really cool and chill and it like you say fitness isn't a limiting factor because mm. you're not timed on the ups you can just cruise up and yeah get stuck in so no that's um that's cool and it's good to see you embracing the e-bikes as well because i think they're here to stay aren't they yeah for sure i mean if if i was going to buy a new bike i'd buy an e-bike it's just yeah. so much better. Like, why, why would I bother with the effort uphill when I can go down? I, I go riding <laughs> with a few of my friends and they, they've all got e-bikes and I just spend all day dragging myself around after them and they're up the top of the hill waiting for me, not even out of breath, like having a great time. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, it's the future. 
Yeah. How do you feel about the EXC side of things? Because World Champs, they obviously had it there and it's becoming more of a thing now. Do you think, because like, it's kind of a bit polarised, isn't it? A lot of people accept e-bikes, but then EXC is a bit of a, of a weird one for some people, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, I've, I've watched a couple of them and I think it's a, it's a really exciting race to watch because you can actually yeah. see them overtaking and making moves uphill, which you tend not yeah. to see when it's human-powered, let's say. Um, whether it's going to take over... I really don't know. I think potentially in the future when you can't even see that they're an e-bike, but yeah. you know, we're, we're splitting cycling is not a huge sport compared to like football. And then, you know, you look into mm. all the different niches and then we're splitting a niche into a niche. So mm. yeah, I can't say that one's going to take dominate over the other or one's going to be super mass participation. One's not, but it's definitely going to grow. And I think the amount of people when you look at trail centers, the amount of people that only have an e-bike that aren't engaged in events because they can't, you know, yeah. it shows that something like what we're trying to do with our weekenders is potentially that's going to be an avenue to engage in more. Definitely. No, I totally agree. And it's, um, it's interesting how this year's planning out for the cycling industry as a whole. It's been a bit of a, a rough one, hasn't it? Is that like influence your business decisions and the routes you're taking with like the weekenders and stuff, or have you been quite, unaffected by it all yeah well it's been it is a tricky time i think um i i've definitely adjusted how we're running stuff this year or next yeah this year so i'm trying to be as efficient as we possibly can be so for example with the marketing we don't have to pay for adverts because we can just maximize how much we use social media or essentially we've broken down everything in the business what is the most effective thing what's given us the best return for investment so i think along with everyone in the industry it's looking at finding those efficiencies and cut, cutting the fat essentially so yeah it's i wouldn't say it's a disastrous time i wouldn't say it's a super easy time but you know it's it's going to be telling over the next six months when the economy of the country is kind of getting towards its worst and see mm. how we can get through and but if we if everyone can make it through this year i think it's going to be getting better and better from then on so yeah we will we yeah. will still be there next year i guarantee it awesome is this kind of what's driven the the team support package a bit because a lot of teams have say downsized haven't they all had to make cutbacks in efficiencies like you say so is that what kind of gave you the idea or or not really <laughs> no yeah it's essentially that so it was it was looking at the fact that like working with i've worked with certain teams in the past where like they're paying for a full full or seen them at world cups they've got a full team of people for one rider and it's like because you're in this team you won't have a rider from this team that's well why not you know you're 50 percent in your costs or you're doubling your output so that that's definitely an element and i think for us as crank it the other element is if the uk economy is not too great there are other economies that are doing better so by doing international work and bringing money in from these better economies it can support the uk whilst we get through this time yeah, definitely. No, that's a, that's a really good point. And then I guess there is a, a challenge for people, say, in the UK going to race overseas in terms of costs and things, but are you finding it, it's like this Greece thing, is it quite competitive because of the difference in economies, like for UK-based riders or, say, French or whoever to go over there and get in the mix? Yeah, so the the euro compared to the pound, or at least in Greece, everything's a bit cheaper. So it's definitely... Yeah good in that respect whereas if we were going to maybe some more other european countries where the pound's less competitive it wouldn't be so cheap um mm. i don't think it this model would work in those more expensive countries whereas the cheaper the country the, the more it works but you mm. still if you're going to race abroad you, you still have the cost you're looking at you're going on a holiday essentially with some racing yeah um and i think the way we provide that service other than you going on your own pitting for yourself you know we are the most competitive out there nice yeah no that's that's really good to hear and it's um yeah good to give people options and help keep a lid on those costs especially if you're trying mm. to make it or break it in the elite ranks or whatever it may be or high-end junior under 23 whatever it is because money's tight for everyone like we've kind of discussed yeah for sure but no that's um that's good and sounds like you've got some really exciting stuff lined up for the year is there is there anything kind of that i haven't asked you about that you want to you want to mention that say listeners might want to get involved in we kind of covered the home stuff and the abroad stuff is there anything else or yeah i've got my notes here uh, there was, so <laughs> one bit that i were, that we're really trying to push for this year is to engage other community groups and other especially content creators so mm -hmm. if i can take the opportunity to shout out to anyone out there who does 
make cycling or even mountain biking content, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, like we want to start creating content with people around the in and around the event. So we'll facilitate if anyone has like great ideas we want to facilitate creativity and innovation if anyone wants to get involved with something like that just get in touch mm-hmm. and we're, we're more than happy to engage with it ah there you go there you go so it'll be inundated now with emails probably <laughs> yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> no, that'd be really nice and then i guess like you say it's um there's some cool opportunities for like the e-bikes i think it's not just your xc whippets you're looking for mm. is it necessarily and uh, the stage races and, and things like that so no that's um that's really good. And it sounds like you've got a spectrum of events that will help attract a wider audience in general, as well as those content creators that specialize in, in different areas for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's good. And then I guess looking at the international scene, because you're a man in the know, like who's your money on this year in terms of like World Cups, things like that, men's and ladies side, people to watch out for? Like who, who are you thinking? Um, honestly, I'm not the person to ask about that. My <laughs> my my brain, my focus is really deep in logistics, is in marketing, advertising. I am this year at least. I'm a little bit more of a step away from analysing riders and performance, just simply okay. because I'm, I'm so absorbed in that side of the thing. So I couldn't say. I'd have to. I'd have to just go with a generic guess. Let's say Pidcock. <laughs> yeah. It's just good. It's a good guess if you got to make one. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Vanderpol's been doing pretty well on the cross, so maybe you can keep that form across to the season. So. We'll see. Yeah. And again, we're a long way off though, aren't we? Yeah. January. <laughs> so <laughs> who would your money be on? Oh, I don't know. Like Pidders is one to watch, as you say, but then Nino's gonna be raging after yeah, true. Um, losing world champs and stuff. So but then you can't discount Matthew. Um and then the ladies, it's kind mm. of it's almost too close to call, which is really exciting because there's just so many hitters that are really consistent, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um and that like Tom won't probably do the whole season, I don't imagine. But like, so Nino or um, what's it called, Mateus will be up there for the overall, perhaps. Yeah. And then on the ladies' side, everyone kind of really focuses on the whole season, don't they? Really commit. But it's an Olympic year too, so who knows? Yeah. Um, I reckon we'll see. I reckon we'll see riders at the start of the season doing nothing, but then all of a sudden yeah. come out of nowhere for the Olympics. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think Kiwi's going to do something this year? Hopefully, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Because she was knocking on the door at, where was it? Tokyo, wasn't it? Mm, she did have yeah. a really good ride to Tokyo. So, um, yeah, who knows? You could um, could be the year steps. It'd be a good year to step up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like you say, you almost need a slow start. It's the Because what year did uh, Lecomte come onto the scene on the ladies' side? Because she had a fly in first year, didn't she? But it was yeah. the Olympic year. She kind of peaked a bit too soon, which is fair mm. enough because she won a load of World Cups. <laughs> Uh, but then everyone else had a great Olympics and she was a bit off the boil, wasn't she? Yeah, so, true. You know, different strategies for different riders. Yeah. It all works, doesn't it? I think so. that's the exciting <laughs> part of it is, yeah, we, we can we can have a chat and we joke, but like, we don't know. But we get to find no, out. Exactly. And it's um, it's Paris as well. So I imagine the, mm. the French crowd are going to be going pretty hard and focusing on that because home Olympics is yeah, a Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. Yeah, that's the question. What's, what's bigger, home Olympics or home world champs, do you think? Uh, it's different, I guess, because... Home world champs, you're definitely getting probably more of the core of the following of people who are there to mm-hmm. see the mountain biker, whereas Olympics, I reckon you get a lot of people that aren't necessarily there for it. Uh, as an example, we, as yeah. a family, we went to the 2012 Olympics. We got tickets. Mm-hmm. We brought my mum and she fell asleep <laughs> on the side of the hill. Oh, she, amazing. <laughs> she missed, missed the whole race. <laughs> so oh, uh, I would say probably, um, probably world champs is a better atmosphere, I'd, I reckon. Home world champs. Nice. Yeah, that's a good call. I guess maybe the medal for the Olympics is a bit more special and good yeah. having your CV. But in terms of the buzz of winning a home world champs would be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd take either, but, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Say, well, I wouldn't complain <laughs> either. But like, if we, was it last year the French won world champs in Leger, didn't they, on the downhill? Yeah. Three? And yeah. Like, they tore the town apart. So that doesn't really happen at the Olympics, does it? To be yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That was a good atmosphere, actually, yeah. Were you out there for it, or but only for the XC though? I did. I didn't go and see ah, the okay. but like you could see, you could feel it for the XC. But then obviously the downhill was crazy big, and it was all over social media. Definitely, definitely. No, but um, well, that's really cool. It sounds like you got some some rad stuff lined up. Um, hopefully, people can get involved with it, either racing or content creating or both. That would be really cool. It sounds like yeah, a really exciting year, and there's opportunities for people to go overseas, including yourself. So. That's rad. So what we'll do is we'll wrap up that part of 
the interview and we'll dive into the the questions we ask everyone the preset ones now you did these before so <laughs> maybe your answers will be different maybe they'll be the same well, i expect they'll be different but we'll see how we go so first up as always we've got hits and shits so like we've said before a hit is something you really like about riding it can be the scene it can be a component it can be something really niche and then a shit is obviously the opposite so in any order and any you can have a ratio of two to one or one to one whatever you like okay um yeah well i listened to the the one we did last year the other day so i, I remember what i said <laughs> and keep it fresh <laughs> nice yeah so let's start off with shits that definitely without a doubt was breaking down for the second time in greece i think oh, um, <laughs> yeah so uh, dr- driving out there was kind of a bit of an experiment to see if if it could work for crank it to go around the whole world cup circuit you know with a vehicle mm-hmm. with equipment and do what what we spoke about then um and yeah, I had finished the season, finished all the races. Where I've built a bed in the van, so I had a little bit of a setup where I could, in between venues and hotels, we could just sleep in the van. So mm. watching the sunset above the sea, it was relaxed, had a little nice treat myself to a meal out. I was like, okay, good, we've done it. Turn the engine on, it's just gone. I like that whole complete change from great end of the season to, oh, now I'm stranded in the middle of a different country. Um, that was definitely the shit for sure. Um, uh, hits, um, world champs, of course, that atmosphere definitely was really good. I think what else would it be? I think nailing the, the last couple of events, I think Rother Valley was one of my favorites. Um, just with the full, the full weekend format, just kind of, it is such a bigger thing doing the weekend compared to the one day but actually starting to get the processes right and really dialed in that was quite meaningful for me actually nice that sounds good i mean two things off of that so are you are you open to van sponsors this year i assume if someone, <laughs> wants to, if someone works for like ford uk or whatever <laughs> yeah for sure i'm open to that although that, that ties into what we spoke on before the efficiencies like the, the van is still there and the plan is to drive it back throughout the season to different races um yeah which is easier than just bringing it back but uh, I, I don't miss the van so much like mm-hmm. i walk a bit to the shops and things and i quite enjoy that and it's made me realize how much time i spent driving to do a venue visit that i didn't need to or or this mm-hmm. and that so i'll either for the events this year i'll either hire one or I'll borrow my dad's van so yeah i think we're okay but definitely yeah if there's a van sponsor out there get in touch <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely and then like without without it being like too much of like a push or sales pitch like people obviously we've said like they've got less money perhaps this year and things like why should they consider a crank it event over other like regional level events um like say for me or someone else living in bristol why is it worth the drive up what do you get that's maybe a bit extra or a bit different not let's say other events necessarily bad but it's like why why what makes you a bit different um well yeah there, there are there are a lot of great events i think down with you yeah. by you this is the next c etc there's all sorts of events um and i could push we got this format that format wherever but i think what we do and what i try to do with crank it is we create that family atmosphere so you can come down from bristol you can bring any member of your family and pretty much anyone's going to have something there to do. And especially now it's a full weekend, if you wanted, you just make a holiday of it. In fact, we, mm. we've had people from the north come down to the Ipswich event and they come on yeah. their family holiday and they tie it in with nice. the event. So I think you're going to get a great day out pretty much whatever series you go mm-hmm. to. I'm not going to say yeah. that we're better than anyone else, but no, we put everything we can into creating that great family atmosphere, that really inclusive. I think that's one of the feedbacks we've had is good atmosphere. So Yeah. Yeah, I guess you get a bit more bike time than perhaps other ones if you've got the things on the Saturday, the coaching mm. and the stages and that. Obviously not the e-bike race if you don't have one, but then and then suddenly you've got the actual event, which is, which is a cool yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, um, so you came, you came Leeds last year, didn't you? Did you do the yeah. the, the staging, stage race last year? I can't remember. No, no, I didn't. No, I was working on the Saturday, but we came up mm. and then, yeah, came across on the Sunday. So, um, no, it was it was a good fun course, though, for sure. It was, uh, where was it? Leeds Bike Park. Yeah, it? yeah. What, what did you think of the atmosphere? Yeah, it was re- good. I mean, the sun was out, which always helps. Yeah, but it was true. nice. It was good. You had like the little mini track for all the kids whizzing mm. around in loops, and it was kind of yeah, it was 
social, like low pressure environment, mm. if that makes sense. Like like you get in most regional races, I guess. But it was yeah, a lot more about bike time, I guess, than necessarily the. Not obviously the result matters and things, but mm. it, was, it wasn't as competitive. If that makes sense, like even like there was a bit of a break at the start, and there was a few of us in a group, and we were having a bit of a chat on the way around. <laughs> like, like I'm just like, who are you? That sort of thing. Like, good to meet you and things. I say you um, weren't trying so, hard yeah. enough. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> oh god. And I said, I'm saying you're not trying hard enough. Well, no, no, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. But that's a good, that's a good question actually. Like so say people are thinking of traveling away from their home county to come do one of the events are there particular venues you may have lined up so if someone's like really into like the technical side of riding mm. they might want to come and do x whereas if someone is their first race and they're not so great at their tech they come from the roads they might want to go and do y perhaps oh that's a good question uh, one of the things i like about doing the events and stuff is every venue is different everyone has its benefits yeah. and its negatives so for example in fact, someone mentioned this, the, the Twisted Oaks one. We're, we're only doing the coaching on the Saturday morning. We've not got the stage racing and the e-bikes just this year, but next year. But if you were to come down for the weekend, for example, it's got a great bike park. So you can have a bomb around on the Saturday, do the race on the Sunday. Similarly with Leeds, got a great bike park. I'd say Leeds is probably the best inclusive one because it's... You've got, like you said, fun descents, but because it's on an old golf course, the ground has been like... I think they roller it like a rolling pin yeah. for years and years so that's super firm so actually getting up to the top of the hill is relatively easy so that's the most fun for sure yeah. uh sherwood is definitely one of the good ones because it's always the busiest it's the biggest one of the yeah. year so i definitely get there for that kind of atmosphere and that big bigger big event feel and then leeds leeds is not leeds uh lee quarry that's probably the more techie okay. one uh we make the course pretty inclusive but it's still the most techie of the ones we do. And then there's also loads of trails around. And then Rother Valley, again, is pretty... Rother Valley would be a good one for a weekend with the family because you've got the two lakes. So it's super scenic, right. really, really nice. Um, yeah, sorry for the sales pitch there, but yeah, they've all got definite benefits. And I couldn't choose one over the other, but they've all got different benefits, yeah. No, that's that's really good. That's kind of... Well, it's, yeah, it's good. It's giving people an idea of what to look for and what to expect mm. and things. Um, yeah, so no, that sounds... That sounds really good, and well, that's a bit of a tangent from Hitch and Shits, but it's <laughs> great to know, and people could come check it out, can't they? So, on to the next question we ask is, what's your best training session? Um, obviously, you've answered this before, and it can be one you like to set riders, one you like to do yourself, maybe which one does you the most good or is the most fun. So, yeah. Um, yeah, how do I... So, I'm going to answer that for me. Uh, yeah. I don't ri I ride a little bit, so I don't ride loads. But I think for me, it's probably a nice gym session. And what I've been doing a lot recently, which I've found super beneficial from when I, from issues I've had since from when I used to ride, is just mm -hmm. posture work. So mm -hmm. it's like exercising, not stretching, but exercising my muscles with in at the full range of movement. Um, I'll give an example. I you'll 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 know the um exercise name but where you hold the dumbbells on a bench and you put your arms out to the wide like that oh yeah okay yeah um i forgot what they're called but yeah right the way so down it's like uh you're, you're like sat on the bench you're holding yeah. your arms out at um like level cross. with your shoulders basically yes. yeah like a crucifix yeah yeah i like yeah. i get super light dumbbells but touching the floor breathe full full breaths stretching the chest out and then lift them up to the top and the center and it's just stretching but exercising them in that full range and doing stuff like that as an ex-cyclist like my posture feels better i'm breathing more easily so i'd for sure say i recommend this to riders if you say doing stuff like that to keep good physical health yeah yeah no what you say is interesting because literally in the gym this morning i was working with someone who had a few back issues and we were doing some isometric holds to help yeah. with their movements so even though you're not moving you're building strength in certain positions and it's often at the point like where the inertia changes so from like the bottom of a squat if you sink to the bottom of a squat and hold it there yeah you may not be able to hold it very long but you're building strength in that position and then you can gradually add weight and yeah exactly exactly forwards. this this um, this is your new job now though no <laughs> yeah exactly taking mm. the plunge last year you went full time so no it's good yeah. loving it how, how do you find so, that because i think last year you were asking me that question but man i'm asking you 
yeah no it's good it's um it's been fun we're actually going to do a whole episode at some point um because stepping up to race elite as well mm, so nice. um, it's interesting but yeah having having finally made the leaps is kind of been on the back over like a number of years because as long story short what i did originally and then got injured and a bit disheartened with like the way that professional sport works of having to do an intern for a number of years and then yeah. get a fifteen thousand pound a year job with five years experience or whatever yeah <laughs> it's um not very sustainable so kind of fell out of that and ended up just doing engineering but keeping this going on the side just for fun mm. helping people get fitter stronger all that sort of thing and then yeah ever since decided to jack it in um and go back to full time it's been great a lot happier it's exciting and things so yeah loving it it's really cool good good that's the excitement part yeah. is the key one isn't it exactly exactly and my riding's got better as well not because i've been training more i'm still training the same amount but yeah. just because you're happy as a person you know mm. um you're able just to to send it on your bike a bit more <laughs> and enjoy it so. good good i'm glad to hear it yeah so yeah but that's something to keep your eye out for people is um, do an interview at some point in the near future so <laughs> yeah looking forward to it yeah um but that oh that reminds me actually speaking of fitness and training mm. with the weekender some people may not want to participate because of wearing themselves out for the race but it's actually good to ride on the saturday isn't it to like shake off the cobwebs like some people have a rest but they may find that they actually feel a bit lethargic on the sunday then so it's good to maybe rest on the friday do the coaching and do the stage race perhaps just to blow out your system a bit isn't it rather than sit around on saturday for sure yeah well, it, it depends on your conditioning like whether if you yeah. could do you see the cross guys doing like the christmas period where they're doing like seven races in a row they're conditioned for that for me that, that would not work <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally i'll do a warm-up on the saturday in the van with the heating on and then race sunday and i'll be okay but um yeah yeah, yeah. so you you could turn up and the good thing about the different formats is if you just do the coaching it's a spin and it does activate your legs it opens the lungs up a little bit so there's definitely a benefit of doing something uh, if you do yeah. the stage racing, the beauty of that is you can you can take it as hard or as easy as you want. You can use it as course practice because you'll do a lot of the course elements. You can smash it up the hills if you want to really open your legs out, especially if you're used to that. If you want to just take it easy, you can. And then Sunday's race day. Boom. Love it. There you go, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Someone's oh, having cool. that through. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next question, I mean... This would be interesting because we've done this before, like we said, but if you weren't racing bikes, what would you be doing, do you think? Well, you're not racing bikes. You weren't <laughs> on events. <laughs> yeah, races. I'm doing what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I think I said, well, oh, it's something like last time about doing events. So definitely do events like art or music okay. or something. But something I've always enjoyed doing, and I did I did a little bit after lockdown, was I like, I like buying and selling like nice things, like vases or making making what they call making things so i live near a river and i, I collect, used to collect the driftwood and then make stuff out of it like uh even just an ornamental piece or a table or like a, a thing you know a thing yes. so uh, so I, I would for sure be getting more into that uh just buying and selling creating things making definitely along the arty side but somewhere along those lines i think yeah yeah, nice. That sounds sounds good. Similar to last time, but slightly different. So yeah, that's good. I think the one thing I've noticed about myself is, regardless of what industry I went into, I would probably end up in a similar situation where, yeah. like, I used to want to be a graphic designer, and I think if I did that, I'd end up getting a job doing the graphic design and go. Do you know what? I'd rather do it for myself and create my own company, and then maybe build a team and start doing it for the people. And da 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 da. da. So I think. Yeah, it's a similar answer, but yeah, it's just I am I am where I've chosen to be, thankfully. Yeah, no, that's cool. All makes sense, and everything works out. Like we kind of said a minute ago, it's like you've got to follow what makes you happy and things. And yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's how you get the best out of yourself. The next question is: What would you suggest is the best value upgrade? Mm. Mm. So we said drop a post last time, didn't we? Yep. Um, I'd say. Other than a, a cranky weekender ticket, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, um, that can be. Bike time is a good upgrade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if you're going to make your bike lighter, let's say, put it in the wheels. Because yeah. then the rotational yeah. weight is less, so you're going to get a bit faster that way. Um, potentially, though, it like a bit of a skill session. Um, especially if you're a newer rider, 
you can get training plans, which is great. You can buy expensive equipment, which is great. But, you know, if you do, say, one or two couple-hour skill sessions, you can massively, massively increase your enjoyment of riding, your safety of riding, and then also the speed. So I'd probably say that, actually. That's good. And with with the coaching at events, is that aimed more for, say, kids, or is it open to everyone? Because that's obviously skills, isn't it, and skill mm. development? So we, we call it club morning. The, the aim of that is to create a community. Um, so it is open to all people. We have last okay. year we came in, the majority of them were kids, but then we had the parents joined in. We had adults that came around and wanted, they were a bit nervous maybe to do the course and they just wanted some one on one coach time to talk them through a techie section. Yeah. We had like in between, like young adults had under 23s come in again, just either to meet people, to make friends at this event, or to get used to the course with the coach. And yeah, so the, the key for us though is to create that community atmosphere, I'd say. Nice. Nice. That sounds good. And mm. well, that's another reason why people should come to the weekend. You get yeah. some value there, aren't you? <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Um, next question. This is a new one for 2024. Ooh. So ready. Um, if you could be sponsored for one thing, what would it be? So this doesn't have to necessarily, you can have one bike th- related thing and yeah. one non-bike related thing. So it can be Nintendo and then other <laughs> um, Trek bikes or whatever, or it can, yeah, whatever springs to mind. What, what do you mean by sponsorship? Um, as in you just get this product you don't get paid oh, by them okay, okay. you get all of so you can get a free Nintendo or I've got whatever it. it is I've got it straight away um, a big grand piano wow yeah. okay I haven't got the space for one but I would 100% have a grand piano because I love playing the piano and every opportunity I get and I find one I will play but have one day my life's goal is to own a piano a grand piano okay yeah. Wow! Is there what brands? I haven't got a clue what brands of pianos there are, but <laughs> I'm I'm never with anything. I'm never good with brands, but I like I'd like like a black one with red detailing, maybe some gold bits on. Yeah, okay. somewhat fancy. <laughs> yeah, nice. And then on the bike side, what what would you like to be sponsored for? Oh, uh, e-bike. I'd have an e-bike. Yeah. Sweet. Any anything in particular? Um, no, one that works, no. one that's fast, one that's relatively light. I'm not going to say any brand names just just at the moment. And then, yeah, because I'd use it, maybe not one that's super flashy, but one that I could mm-hmm. maybe use at the events and we could go, oh, there's some course tape down three yeah. miles away. Okay, I'll get the e-bike and go just and do that. Straight there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then also have a that's go good. on the races. So definitely, yeah. Nice. Was, that sounds good. That's, that a, sounds that's good. a good question, actually. What, oh, thanks. What, what, would, what would yours be? That is a good question. Mm. Um, oh, non mountain bike, probably coffee. <laughs> okay, yeah, oh, nice. Love, like you know, that proper like uh, what's it called, specialty coffee, mm. not like Nescafe or something. Like a, a like the like mach- a a machine, or you're having someone turns up every day and hands you the cup. Because that would be oh, no, that'd just be pretty beans. cool. Oh, beans. Like, that okay. would be cool. Yeah, just like a bean. You get these subscriptions, which are great, but they are mm. they're not cheap, are they? So um, no, yeah, true. Something. Well, you're sponsored. Along, it doesn't matter if it's cheap or not. <laughs> Oh, no, that's what I mean, though. So that's why I want it. That's ah, why I want okay, it. Because okay. it's probably adds up to quite a lot over time true, <laughs> if you subscribe for like 10 years. Yeah. Do you think so, you'd get in trouble if you then resold that on eBay without telling them? Yeah, probably. You probably, yeah. <laughs> no, noted. <laughs> yeah. Clear the mortgage. Um, so, yeah, that would be on the, on the non mountain bike. Then for bikes, if I could be sponsored for one thing, I think it would probably be. Uh, probably like tech support because like just mm. having someone that can like most people including myself we can do a pretty good job of fixing things but it's getting it like really sharp and crisp yeah uh, especially for racing and stuff it's getting that little edge and that snap which you have to pay a mechanic to do because it's a very special yeah. job but it's having that on tap would be great <laughs> like, yeah that's that level of detail like say so you've got to get a professional to do yeah, it's just like you could have a S Works or whatever bike, mm. high end model. But if you if it's not running smoothly, yeah. you haven't maintained it. It's no point, is there? Yeah, so, <laughs> the uh, chain doesn't go around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, local bike shop helped me out a lot, which is great. But yeah, if you have like um, someone maybe in the pits and things, that'd be great. Yeah. Rather than just my wife doing the bottles because mm. <laughs> she's not very good at all. Bless her. Maybe you need <laughs> to get in touch with Crank It Racing. Oh, there you go. There you go. We'll chat after this. We'll chat after this. <laughs> Amazing. And then the last question is, what is like one thing you do that you feel helps improve either your performance or like your 
cycling experience so this can be something you do on rides or it can be something you do at home like always have a coffee beforehand or it can be stopping and taking in the scenery whatever it is or these this the exercise you've been doing perhaps whatever something along those lines um well i've got this one which is kind of similar to what i said last year but it's one that i've really been getting stuck into this year and it's essentially Mm -hmm. daydreaming about what i want my life to look like what i want it to be and when you tie that into uh like you meditate it through so you you calm yourself down meditate but you're visualizing okay what what do i want to be what do i want my future be like and it's you the way you have to do it is you're actually imagining you are the person that has already done that thing so you imagine how it feels the emotions of it and it, what it does, it really just primes you and awakens the body to like being in that state of the person that's already done it. So I've done it a lot this year. In fact, I did, I did it before this, um, before the podcast because I was a bit nervous. Okay. So I just, I just calmed myself down, visualized myself doing the podcast, but being really confident, being comfortable, being like I'd already been and done it and done it well. And then as I, when I woke up again, I was, I felt that. So that's what I'd say is if you can imagine yourself whether you want to be a plumber or you want to just be more present or you want to be happier less anxious if you can imagine it you, that's one step closer to actually being it yeah that's interesting we've we not had that one yet but um so i remember on our last chat you mentioned about using that for like trying lines and mm. things for the first time so yeah it makes total sense that you'd apply it to other aspects of life as well so it's the same principle isn't it for sure yeah i'd say it's probably more useful for the the everyday stuff because especially the emotional side if you can control that control your emotions um the technical stuff's easy Mm, definitely yeah yeah for sure no that's really cool we've not had that one yet so that that's a rad answer Mm, thanks for that no problem awesome well that that wraps us up the only final thing to discuss is where can people find you where can they stay up to date how do they get in contact if they're a creator or if they just want to have a chat or inquire about like the the support packages you guys got going and stuff okay um well if you message any anywhere on our social medias we'll we'll receive the message so we don't really need to point you to one place i'd say if everyone wants to kind of follow on on what we're doing we've changed the way we're running it slightly so rather than just having the one social media page for crank it cycling which i found was getting a bit busy we've split them um a little bit on facebook most on instagram we've got crank it racing crank it events and crank it cycling as an overall potentially another one coming soon and the reason for that is we'll be able to put a lot more detail especially in the racing side of what goes on day to day how do race teams work etc but it doesn't clutter up the main site so yeah have a follow of us on social medias facebook instagram cool okay so i guess if people land on the main page they'll be able to then of course. filter into what they want yeah cool all right we'll stick links in the show notes and stuff but no perfect that sounds good mate awesome well thank you again for your time you're a very busy man because you've got lots of plates spinning so yeah we'll wrap it up there but until next time we'll see you at a race all right Thanks again for tuning in to the A-Line podcast. Be sure to check out Jack if you want to hit some events this year with a difference. Um, As always, any feedback you have on the show is great. Just ping me a message. And don't forget to rate and review on your podcast app of choice as that's really helpful in helping us climb the rankings and find new listeners. So until next time, ride fun and ride fast.